Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of uh, Leading from Alignment with uh, coach and friend, mentor, tormentor, uh, Gianna Boluski. John, uh, it's so good to, to have you today and to spend this time. I know people have been talking a lot uh, recently about recent podcasts, The Sleeping One, um, mm-hmm. you know, finishing well. It's stirring some conversation in our community, and I'm grateful for it. And today, uh, we're going to talk about something I think every believer, I don't think this is just pastors, I think every believer, sooner or later, God leads them to do something that doesn't make sense. Right. It, it's not my plan. It's not the direction I was going. I don't see where this will lead to. This seems too hard, too much of a sacrifice, too counterintuitive. God, are you sure? I mean, we're talking about people like Moses and David and, you know, uh, the disciples. You know, right. Jesus says, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't follow me. They had no more understanding of, of why he said that than the people that walked away that day. Right. So this is pretty common stuff in, in Christianity. Faith is not knowing, it's believing. So, so tell us about this. I'm excited about it. So, Jim, I'd like to uh, tell you a story. This is a, not a made-up story. This is actually yeah. this actually happened to me. <laughs> um, this is about almost uh, four years ago now, about three and a half. And uh, my pastor uh, called me, and he said, "Hey, John, I've got something I want to propose to you." Okay. And uh, and you know, I felt like okay, you know, he just had interrupted a very smooth-running day. Yeah. <laughs> As pastors sometimes do. Right, and what he was about to propose was going to interrupt more than just my day. Yeah, uh, It would send me down a path that I told myself and anyone else who cared to listen that I would never go down again. Ah, so you said never. Yeah, yeah I but, said never, yeah. and I'm learning never to say that yeah, again. The, the, I, I thought about writing a book called The Power of Never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like but, I said, my kids would never do that, or yeah. <laughs> I'll never live in a big city, and yeah. now I live in the Detroit area. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so our pastor said, uh, John, we're going to launch our first multi-site location, and I want to know if you'd consider giving oversight to it as the campus pastor in a, in a part-time capacity. <laughs> right. You know, you could still do converge coaching and all of that, and, and I mean, it floored me, Yeah, Jim. It, it, was only, it was only six months prior to that conversation that I had gone full-time with the company Laura and I had started, Converge yeah. Coaching, yeah. Uh, and we were enjoying great momentum with it. The first six months, a lot of growth. And the first thing I said to my pastor after my breath returned was, uh, no. <laughs> so you, you really prayed about it sincerely for a season. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, I, don't no. Know. I, said, I, said, I said, no, but I really appreciate you thinking of me in that way. And I meant that. Yeah, sure. Um, and I thought that would be the end of the call. Uh, but he followed up with, would you pray about it? Uh-oh. Everything inside of me was screaming no. No, I don't even want to pray about this. Right. Um, but I said this to him, you know, it's only because you're asking. If it was anybody else, yeah. I wouldn't even consider it. But, yeah, I'll pray about it. Give me two weeks, and I'll, I'll get back to you. And so uh, I picked up Laura from uh, work that day, and, and I said, well, it's been an interesting day, Laura. <laughs> uh, and then I, I filled her in on our conversation with uh, with the pastor, and her response was, I think you should do it. Oh, no. And I, and I mean, it totally floored me, yeah. Jim. Because that's, Laura's just not normally like that, you yeah. know? Um, Is that when you say, well, women should remain silent in the church and submit to your husband? Yeah, I, think, I was thinking about that, actually, yeah. <laughs> at the time. Um, uh, but she, you know, I was not expecting her to, I mean, she was on board 
like immediately with it, yeah. and I was not. Right. So the first thing I did is I got my journal out, which I use for a lot of things, and one of them is uh, working through big decisions. Yeah. So here's the first thing I wrote in my journal. Seven reasons this campus pastor thing is a bad idea. <laughs> and I, I listed all seven reasons, all those objections, and those became my prayer map for yeah. a couple of weeks. And I just huh. prayed through every one yeah. of those objections. John, were, were, those, were those fears? Were those realities? Were those inconveniences? Do you remember the I seven? I it was all three. You know, and I, I, I think, uh, I think one of my objections was, God, how, how I just went full time (laughs) with Converge Coaching, and I'm, I feel like I'm finally doing what I've been born to do, and now you throw this monkey wrench, or I'm not even sure you're throwing it. I think our pastor threw this monkey wrench into my life, (laughs) so I think that was one of my objections, and so, so some of it was confusion, some of it was fear. Yeah. Because being a lead pastor, I was a lead pastor for seven years. Um, before I became a lead pastor, I was pre-tribulation. After mm. being a lead pastor, I became post-tribulation <laughs> because I believe those were the seven years of the great tribulation yeah. uh, for me. Uh, and, I, and, and I was afraid. So there was yeah. a, definitely a fear factor yeah. uh, with it, Jim. So I, I laid those out. And in two weeks, almost two weeks, like 10 days, the Lord just gave me answers to all seven objections. Wow. But, then I, but then I said, I'm still not doing it, Lord. <laughs> I, need, I need external confirmation, yeah. or I'm not, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And within a matter of days, two people in two different cities who knew nothing about what Laura and I oh, no. were praying about dropped, God has laid this on my heart to tell you bombs. <laughs> And they lined up perfectly. And these are trusted friends? Or these no, are strangers? they didn't even know who I was. Right. Well, one person right. didn't know who I was. The other person knew who I was, yeah. but they had no clue. There right. were tw- the, the second person was a 21-year-old kid. Yeah. He had no idea what we were praying about. Uh. And both of them <laughs> lined up. And so I, I said, basically, Lord, you win. Yeah. I still don't understand why you're asking me to do this. It makes no logical sense yeah. to me. But I can't deny you're leading me. Yeah. So we said yes, even though I still felt confused as to the why. Right. And, and so now, so you say yes, does, does the why ever become apparent? Or do it, you kind of finish the tenure there not knowing what's in this for you? Well, by the, by the grace of God, three months into the assignment, and I had told our pastor, I'll give you, I'll give you a year. Yeah. And then I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and he was okay with that. Yeah, because he, he he thought what you said is once I get into this, I'm gonna love this and stay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've hired people for a year before, yeah. and, and that's my hope is that they don't, right. they don't quit at the end of the year. And that might have been his hope, and I disappointed him. Uh, <laughs> but it took about three months of being in that role yeah. as a campus pastor before the light bulb finally came. And what on. was the light bulb? Well, it's two parts. Yeah. There were two parts to it. The first one was our pastor needed somebody he he could trust. Right. In his absence. To help launch that campus. Yeah. You know, he knew that long-term I did not want to be a lead pastor again. Yeah. He knew I was safe. I wouldn't go rogue. Yeah. He needed me. Yeah. So that was the, that was the first Good part one. of the epiphany. Yeah. The second part was being in a, in a church pastoral role, role helped me to get a deep, fresh glimpse of pastoring in the 21st century. Gotcha. And the things that have changed, right? Oh, dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that fresh glimpse helped me to become a better mentor. Yeah. To pastors, a better consultant to the churches they lead, right? And 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 so you know, I took a step back and I think God and I thought, God, you are such a genius. Yeah, 
you have this grand plan, this story that you're writing. And, and I served in that role for a year. And after a new campus pastor was installed, I went back to full-time with Converge Coaching. Right. Now, I know it's a super long story, right? But Well, yeah, but I think it applies to so many areas. Because, I mean, there's takeaways. When, when you yeah. talk about this is what I did, even though my circumstances are different from yours, the process is the same. God mm-hmm. speaks. I object. I see it. I, it's in response to things I said I'd never do. That's why I say I'll never be a multimillionaire, just to see if it works. You know, uh, <laughs> but but having having that, you know, that I'll never go of, to Hawaii. Yeah, right? I'll never go to Hawaii and write a book. Yeah, <laughs> but to have to have that that sense that God is leading me, like I believe it. Be, isn't there a part of your soul though? You're like, I know from the very beginning. I'm afraid that this is real. Like I feel yeah. that this is real, and that's what's triggering the the strong response. If someone said, "Do you want to go to Mars?" I blow it off and forget about it because it's not possible. This is actually something in me said yes when the opportunity came up, and a greater part of me said no. Run for your life because yeah. of my past experiences. I think the part of me that said yes was difficult for me to locate. At the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it might have been uh, one tenth of one percent of my being yeah. that was saying yes in, in the initial. Uh, so what what are your what are your like takeaways from this? Like what because you know they're. That's a specific story that I think we're all relating our stories to, but just, just you have such a gift of taking long, complex issues and you know coming out with three Socratic points about it. Like, what are your, what are your takeaways? So here's the first one. God's will doesn't always make sense. <clears throat> yeah. It doesn't always make sense. You know, I, I think most of the time his directives are logical. You know, the numbers add up. All the pieces fit together, but sometimes the numbers don't add up when it comes to discerning God's assignment for a particular season in your life. Um, almost every day, two plus two equals four. Yeah, but there almost are, every day. Almost every day, but there yeah. are those moments yeah. um, where God asks you to do something that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, um, and so God's will doesn't always make sense. That would be my first takeaway. And that's okay. It doesn't have to, right? That's correct. Shepherd boys kill giants and, and murderers become deliverers and there's it's it's me plus it isn't two plus two it's me plus jesus equals whatever jesus needs that to yeah be. that's really good jim yeah that's yeah. true what else um here's a second takeaway uh god's will isn't always comfortable <laughs> um jim you and i are big believers in serving in the intersection of your passion pain and proficiency yeah we talk about that a lot we've talked yeah. about that quite a bit on on previous podcasts before yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I think it's such a, a beautiful way to figure out God's assignment yeah. uh, for your life. But occasionally, I think God asks us to do work that's outside the intersection of those three circles, and that bothers me because yeah. I just like things routine. You know, I don't <laughs> want to go outside of a routine yeah. like that. But there are just those moments in time where I believe God wants to teach us something that we don't know we need to learn. Yeah. And, and so he's going to... He's going to create this set of circumstances for us and put us in there for a while so he can teach us something that we can't learn any other way. I don't think I could have learned what it's like to pastor in the 21st century without being in the middle of it for a year. Right. Not by reading a book, certainly. Not by going to a seminar. Not by just just consulting with people. you got to sit in that chair. I think every senior pastor knows that because they used to be generally a youth pastor and associate pastor. Right. And I, the most common thing I hear of new senior pastors is I had no idea what it is to sit in this chair. I sat next to this chair for years. Right. And I had no idea what it is to sit in this chair. Yeah. yeah. And and um, I had I had had clients Jim tell me, John, you don't understand what it's like to pastor in the 21st century. Yeah. And 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 I I to be totally transparent, 
I kind of took that as a, a cop out. Yeah. As an excuse, like, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're like you, so hard. Yeah. You just don't want to do this, and that's why you're telling me this. Yeah. But uh, being in the middle and being immersed in it for yeah. a year really was an eye-opener for me. Yeah. And we've talked before what, what, has, what has changed, that, you know, people attending far less often, people's right. commitment levels being far less, uh, you know, the uh, giving, praying, just really, mm-hmm. I would call it the, the degradation, but just the change in dynamic. We are reaching a different people a different way than we were just 20 years ago. You got it. Yeah. Absolutely. What else you got? Uh, let me give you one more takeaway, and yeah. that is this. God is a genius of epic proportions. Yeah. And I think that's important for us to remember. He, he wastes nothing. Every assignment he gives you to do has meaning, not only in the moment, yeah. but also is preparing you for the next assignment. Yeah. And and when we are when God we feel like God is leading us Jim down a path we don't understand we can trust His genius yeah uh, and His heart yeah. toward us uh, His ability to craft a plan for our life that's impactful is unparalleled There's nobody who does it better yeah. than Him yeah. and and so I, I feel like you know if you're listening today and you find yourself confused by the path God has placed you on. And sometimes the path God is placing you on is not of your own choosing. Right. It's being chosen for you. Right. Right? By Maybe by your boss, maybe by uh, uh, somebody in your organization you report up to, and, and you know change is on the way. Yeah. Sometimes it is of your own uh, making. But if you find yourself there, I want you to take heart. Yeah. God knows what he's doing. Right. Trust, follow, <clears throat> obey, and almost every time, the light bulb will come on yeah. at some moment, this and you'll sense. have that aha moment yeah. where it makes yeah. sense. Totally agree. Remember the connect the dots you did when you were a kid? Yes. All the dots didn't make sense, but there was numbers next to them, and you just progressed through those numbers one by one, and eventually an image emerged. I, right. I have found that to be That's such how I a, got through art, Jim, yeah. <laughs> in junior high. <laughs> and the paint by numbers. Right. <laughs> I, I think that that's life. I, you know, why I got my heart broken in seventh grade, why my parents mm-hmm. got divorced, why I lived in addiction or homelessness, and this is never going to—this this picture doesn't make any sense. And then you become a senior pastor. And you talk to people that are addicts, and you say, "I know how it feels." You talk yeah. to you now speak to senior pastors as one who has senior pastored in the 21st century, and it all makes sense. That like, I, I love what you said. God doesn't waste. He he yeah. absolutely uses everything, and trusting Him through the contractions, you know, of life is, is a huge part of getting to where we're supposed to go. Right. Yeah. You can fight the pain of childbirth, or or you can do Lamaze and breathe through the contractions. The baby comes either way. Right. But, but you know, one really helps you digest what you're going through, you know? So a framework, that's good. I, I hope that everybody got that because sometimes God asks senior pastors to become missionaries and missionaries become senior pastors. And they thought they, they use words like never. Sometimes youth pastors say, I'm gonna be a youth pastor to the day I die. I'm gonna genie mayo this thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and God is infinite in his wisdom, his planning, and he changes things constantly. And so trusting him, a personal relationship, trusting him is the core to all of this, right? That's right, absolutely. So can I ask you one last question? We've only sure. got a minute or so before we start talking about the next one. But in your case, you came back with a shocking news you'd said no to, and your wife said yes. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a turning point. What if you just said yes, and you came to your wife, and she said, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not changing? What advice do you have to somebody that, in, you know, in a, yeah. in a family relationship, and there's not agreement there? Well, that happened Yeah. to me. I've Not okay. in this particular case, but when, when I got the idea for Converge Coaching yeah. uh, eight years ago, I announced it to Laura. You announced it? Yeah, I announced oh, it. I, I think I know how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was work, had a great job in the corporate world at the time, mm-hmm. 
And uh, she said, uh, I'm not on board. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I tried to argue Laura into that for about three months. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was persistent. Yeah. And uh, then I realized that wasn't going to work. Yeah. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to start Converge Coaching unless Laura's on board. And Absolutely. you have to speak to her Absolutely. about that. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to keep working on it. I'm yeah. going to keep developing it, thinking about it, putting all the pieces together. But I might get all the way to the end of that and have everything ready to go. And if she's not on board, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So yeah. if you want me to do this. So I think what I learned from that, Jim, is patience mm -hmm. and trust that God's a God of timing. Right. And, and if he's really in it, um, the most important human relationship in your life will be on board. Yeah. And there will be unity with it. So. Yeah. That yeah. would be what I would say. I, I love that answer because I think that I'm, you know, I'm the man, or I, I've heard from God regardless of gender, and I'm going forward with you or without you, and you better come along. I think right. that sets up. That that's not a long term strategy. I don't I, think I, so. I don't think it honors God either. If God gave you a wife, if God gave you a husband, if God gave you children, they're involved in this. That's right. And just because you are you're aware of your calling doesn't mean that they are aware of your calling or their calling yet. And just because you stood at the burning bush, remember you stood at the burning bush alone. You alone heard the voice. That's right. You had to come back and tell everybody and wait for them to buy in. Yeah. Yep. So next week, uh, we're going to talk about difficult people. I, I, and I know it's rare. Pastors never deal with difficult people because only good people go to church. Well. Well. <laughs> I never. No, I'm kidding. Right. I say never. <laughs> the truth is difficult people do go to church. Yes, they um, do. And I wish it wasn't true, but it is. And. Here's the good news. Not all people who go to church are difficult. So that's, <laughs> that's the good news. That's wonderful. The vast majority of them are not. But the few who are, Jim, uh, can make life miserable yeah. for you as a leader. So we're yeah. going to talk about that whole area of, of difficult people and, and some ways to deal with them. I'm looking forward to that because I, I think when people come to me saying, I think I'm done, I think I'm done being a pastor, they're not talking about their anointing. They're not talking about the validity of the Bible. They're not talking about, but they're talking about difficult people that have made their lives miserable. That's right. And they can't, they can't envision a tomorrow that has hope in it because that face is still in the chair looking at them. That's so right. It's crazy. So thank you, John, as always, and uh, for sharing not just, not just your wisdom, but your heart, your story, your, your marriage with us. It, it's all, it's all meaningful. And uh, we appreciate you and all that you do and Laura and all that she has done. Yeah by your side. It's our pleasure. And Converge Coach. So we, uh, one last time, how do we get a hold of you? We need to get a hold of you and ask some questions or convergecoach.com slash contact. That's how you get to us. And uh, you can reach out to us there via email or uh, using a contact form. Uh, we'd love to come alongside you and mentor and do some consulting work with you. Right on. We'll do. All right. Thanks, John. And we'll talk again next week about how to, how to walk through the process of dealing with difficult people. That's right. See you next week. 